We want you to come to our church. Come and, and have a movie night with us. We've got programs for you. We've got programs for children, for youth, for adults, young adults, for the elderly. We've got programs for ladies and programs for men. And we would just love to have you come and, and, and be a part and be a part of our, our barbecue and be a part of our fun day here at the church. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury and in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as the disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. And if you miss the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube at 9 a.m. every Sunday. You can also find us on Gab TV. And all these are uploaded and you will find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com. That's our central hub. And on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance, spelled G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. When you go to any of those, make sure to like, follow, or turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. And you will find us in person every Sunday morning at, uh, well, actually, we're changing it for Sunday at noon in the square, in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square. So please come at noon in the Wilkes-Barre Public Square, weather permitting. And you can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. Now you probably heard the intro of this and thought, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with, 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 with what's been said there? The problem is, is that if you were to think or ask the present day evangelical church at large, how they reach out to the lost around them, they would give you many, many multiple different ways of how they do it. The issue, though, is that are people really getting saved? Is the gospel really being preached? Are people repenting of their sins? What's going on here? And Jesus had a heart for lost people because he knew that people were lost. He knew what was going to happen to them. And so he needed to convey to his disciples what the present circumstance was to them. And then what he says to them is still true for us today. He conveys that to them, shows them this widespread lostness, this this harvest that we need to come into, and then the heartthrob of Jesus behind it all. And so I want to read... um, Two places, one out of John, one out of Matthew chapter 9. So John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus said, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Then we move to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, and he says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'd like to just pray for a minute. Father in heaven, you know the truth of these words that are before us. And we want, Lord, to take the very heart of the gospel, the very heart of Christ, the very heart in life of the early church. Jesus, we want to see that again today. We don't want to waste time, especially in these days where everything is falling apart and our nation is being overrun with a godless ideology. We're praying, oh God, that you would help us in this short time that we have together to understand your word, that you would exhort us by the blessed spirit of God and help us to be all that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So in John chapter four, verses 35, Jesus said, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. That's a problem that you and I can face now. You've heard it and I've heard it. Our, our world is so wicked, and I'm speaking to those of you that know what it means to be born again. You're saved. You've repented of your sin. You're living a life above sin. I'm speaking to you, to you that would call yourself a Christian, that loves, that loves God, that loves Jesus Christ, that loves their Bible. This message is for you. Don't say that there are yet four months and then comes the harvest, as if there's going to be some better time to sow the gospel seed, as if there's going to be a better time for us to, to, to reap the harvest. When Jesus was saying to his disciples, because they had an idea of, oh, the harvest isn't going to be until a little bit later. And we think about that as far as like farming is concerned. There is a harvest time. There's a time where you plant. There's a time where you're weeding. You're tending to this garden because you're looking for the harvest. And so the harvest isn't going to be until a little ways off. Now, Jesus is saying, applying to their, their thinking as those that would be in a land of agriculture. He's saying, don't say that it's four months down the road. And then comes the harvest. But behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for their white already to harvest. You've heard it said, and I've heard it said. We're in such a wicked age right now. People don't want God. You know, it's so dark. So we're waiting for Jesus to return. And when he returns, he'll take his bride, the church away, and everything's going to be okay. Lord God, help us. This rapture um, of Christ, to the, or excuse me, the rapture of the church brought on by Jesus Christ in his second coming. People think, well, we're having this pre-tribulation rapture. So Things are getting so bad, we might as well just, you know, sit back and just wait for him to come take us away. That is such an awful and a fatalistic approach to the day that we're living in. If you believe that you're going to be raptured out of here, and then this world is going to be left behind with terrible tribulation, it should put something underneath you that says, wait a minute, if I'm going to be out of here, I've got to tell more people about Jesus Christ. I've got to share the gospel. And yet, somehow we've gotten ourselves into the sleepy slumber. We're in a day that more and more people need God. And you know, because of these lockdowns that have happened this past year, because of all the crazy political atmosphere that you and I are living in right now, people are realizing something big is going on. I've talked with people out on the street. I've just talked with people in conversation going about my day. 
and people realize something terrible is going on and it's biblical. People are are reaching for the Bible. Someone, uh, you know, that doesn't know much about the Bible. I've had people come and, and say to me, you know, this is like what's in the book of Revelation. And yet they hardly even know what's in the Bible, but they know that. Jesus is saying, don't wait for some perfect time because there is no perfect time. And really, I would argue that right now is a perfect time. Right now we need to speak because if we don't, I believe the gospel is the only thing that is going to change the ills of our society. If there's any hope that our country is going to be saved as a nation and our liberties are going to be preserved and that life is going to go on in a way that you and I know and love in this America, if that is, if there's any hope that that's going to happen, it's going to be because the gospel has been preached and people have repented of their sins and people have been born again and people have been saved. That's the only hope that you and I have. It's going to be that and that alone. If we're waiting for politicians to come in and fix this, we are sadly mistaken. They're not going to fix it. Many, many of the politicians, they need to get saved too. And their hearts are so corrupt. They've got their hands waiting for a handout for money and they're willing to compromise things that maybe in their inner core they really believe for money, for power, and position. It's up to you and I, dear listener. It's not up to the politicians. I'm thankful for any of them that may stand up for truth and righteousness, but it's few and far between. It's going to be you and I. First of all, you and I, we've got to get saved if we're not saved. We've got to repent of our sins and trust in Christ to make the change in us so that we're born again, radically changed and made new. But then after that, we can't just sit inside of the church buildings and expect that people are going to come in. I think that's often why people say people don't want God anymore. Because church attendance across all denominations throughout the entire United States is tanking. doesn't matter what stripe you're a part of, it's tanking across the board. And because of that, People have come to the conclusion, well, I guess people don't want God anymore. No, people don't want God anymore because they haven't seen God. They haven't experienced God. And church and religion has unfortunately left a bad taste in people's mouths because the people that say that they know and love Jesus and believe that there's eternal hell out there are sitting inside of the church pews and they don't have a burden for lost people. And they're not out there speaking to them. They're not out there trying to witness to them. And I'm just saying to you, Church of Jesus Christ, please wake up before it's too late. Don't be like these. Yet there's four months and then comes the harvest. No, Jesus said, lift your eyes up, church. Lift your eyes up and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. It's true. If you go out and talk with people on the streets, you knock on people's doors. They're having questions right now. What's going on in this world? What do I do about it? What do I do about my own soul? People are hungry. They just haven't heard the truth. They've heard so much fluff coming from our pulpits in America. A salvation that is no salvation. You get your ticket punch and you keep living just as wicked as you did before. People can see right through that. They don't want that. They want deliverance. Even if the truth is hard to them at first, they want to be delivered from sin. They don't want to live this life anymore. And here's the church trying to just pat them on the back. I started off by saying, you know, we're having a movie night at the church. We're having, you know, bouncy house here. We're, we're having a community cookout and outreach and we're, we're handing out water bottles and we're doing all this kind of thing. There's nothing inherently wrong with trying to build relationships with people and love them. There's nothing inherently wrong with us as Christians having compassion on other people and trying to use that as a vehicle to bring them to Jesus Christ. But we have fallen into such pragmatism in our days. 
such pragmatism where it's like, how can I trick the world into coming inside of this church? Excuse me. How can I trick them to come in here so that maybe they may have a chance to hear the gospel? That's the wrong viewpoint. We're trying to fill our buildings with people and we're compromising the true essence of Christianity by doing so. A movie night at the church is not the answer to get people saved. A cookout and giving out free food is not the answer to get people saved. The answer is the gospel. If you as an individual Christian want to invite people over into your home, the Bible speaks about that. Hospitality forwards the gospel. We can see that throughout the scripture. But making a church's whole outreach effort to be some flashbang boom, some multiple programs, and we try and box all of this stuff into this framework is not what I find inside of the book of Acts. It's not what I find inside of the early church. It was not their driving force. Their driving force was to get the message out. And you and I need to understand that in this present day, there are hungry souls that do want God. They just need to hear the truth. And you as a Christian are the one that's going to give them that truth. You're the one who God has chosen to give that truth. And you may say to yourself, well, I'm afraid. I don't know how to do that. Make that the matter of your fasting and prayer then until you can overcome fear, until you can overcome any obstacles that come up in your way because the fight for the church today is, can you share the gospel? Can you give people your testimony of how you were saved? Can you lead them to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, the same Jesus that you met that saved you? Can you lead them that way? So don't hide behind this false excuse that people don't want God anymore because they do. They just need a preacher. Like it says in Romans, how will they hear unless there is a preacher? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But how are they going to hear the word of God if there's no preacher? And how will there be a preacher if none, no preacher is sent? It's up to us, the church. We've got to get quiet before God. We've got to get his heartbeat. We've got to get his throbbing heart in our heart. And that primarily comes by us repenting of our sins, confessing our sins before him and turning our back on them once and for all and living holy before God and, and receiving the fullness of God's spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the rest of God, whatever you want to call it, but receiving the fullness of Christ so that you and I have the power that comes from on high to do his work. Otherwise, there's nothing left for us. And I know there can be a harvest field in the midst of persecution, but I'm just pleading with you. Before our country falls apart so badly, would you look inside your Bible yourself? Would you open up the book of Acts and see if the spirit of those apostles that's in the book of Acts is what you see inside of the present church inside of America at large? And if you look at that and you come to the same conclusion that I have come to, that that's not the case, what will you personally do about it? And I am not, I'm not talking to you as one that's figured all this out. I am trying to step in the light as God is scattering light across my pathway. I'm trying to step in that light and walk in it myself. I want to be filled with the spirit of God and to maintain that fullness. I want to have his heart, his love, his burden for souls. I want to pray the way he wants me to pray. I want to preach the way he wants me to preach. I want to witness and share my testimony the way he wants me to. And let's band together, church. We look at this godless communistic society 
They've banded together. And look what's happened to them. What are we going to do, church? In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. I said a pretty strong statement. What are we going to do about this godless Marxist group of people that are taking over this nation? They hate God. They hate anything to do with virtue and morality. The only thing they do is to overthrow all of that so that they can have complete and total control over society and oppress us. Even while they lie to our face and tell us that they love us and that they want to help us and they really care for people, they don't. Read communist history. This stuff has been, this has happened before and it's repeating before our very eyes. Why am I saying this? These people band together. These people stay up at night trying to figure out ways on how to get their ideal to come to pass. They eat, sleep, and breathe this ideal. How can they forward this? What people do they need to train and teach so that they imbibe this whole ideology and the cause goes forward? What kind of a money do they need to be able to print literature off, to uh, go on media uh, places throughout the United States, whether it be television, radio, uh, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. They're finding every possible means they can to get this ide- ideology out. And they have succeeded. Almost, I mean, it's amazing. They've succeeded in a great measure over these past, you know, 50, 60, 70 years to the place now where the younger generation hardly even knows what it means to be moral. The, the, the media has dictated it to us. And so I say to you, church, what are you going to do? We need to pool our resources together. We need to believe what we read inside this book. And then we need to go forward and walk like we expect God to come through on his promises. He said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're white already with harvest. In other words, there are souls everywhere that are hungry, that want the truth of Jesus Christ. Don't push it off to another time. What did Jesus do then? We look in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Does it sound like Jesus sat inside of a church pew and waited for people to come and hear the gospel? I don't find that. Jesus went out. It says in this verse that he went about to all the cities and villages. So he went to heavily populated places, He went to not so heavily populated places. He went to synagogues, which if we were to make some application today, that would be churches around. He was looking for people whose hearts were opened to the true gospel. And then he was preaching to them. He was teaching them the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of, you know, Jesus loves you and and pats you on our back and, and puts us asleep, but the gospel of the kingdom, the mighty kingdom of God that is reigning, that that Jesus Christ is reigning over right now, that mighty kingdom, the kingdom that is supposed to be spreading throughout the entire earth as we read about in biblical prophecy. 
where there's not one place on this earth that hasn't heard the gospel, where eventually Jesus Christ will reign. This is the gospel that you and I need to give out. And then in the midst of that, he's healing sickness and disease among the people. Some people think there's, there's no more gifts left in the church. It's not that there's no more gifts. It's that you and I are not so close to God, perhaps as the early church was. And we should be seeking God like the early apostles did and said, Lord, do miracles and signs and wonders in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. The place shook. They were filled with the spirit of God again and they went out. And I'm not just talking about this fullness of the spirit of this miracles like we've seen fanaticism and abuse oftentimes in our day. I'm talking about what we read in the book of Acts, the most sane and yet miraculous things taking place. Jesus was an itinerant minister. He went out preaching and speaking wherever there was open doors of opportunity. He didn't confine it inside of a church building or inside of a program that the church went on or was putting on. He went out to talk with people to speak with them, to find them where they are, in the highways and the byways, looking in through the hedges. That's what Jesus instructed. Go out and find the souls that will come. That's what you and I have to do as the church. And Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Church, we just need to take a look at the world around us. There's a lot of things that are going on that are downright angering inside of our society. Making it be that LGBTQ, non-binary individuals, it's, it's a bunch of craziness. It's insanity. And it comes straight from the pit of hell. And they're teaching it to our children. We're not even going to know who our children are a generation from now. We, we won't even know what America is a generation from now. We probably won't even know who God is even worse than we are right at the moment if the gospel doesn't get out. But we can look at all this and be very angry and frustrated about things. And we should be angry about God's name being dragged in the dust. We should be angry about wickedness that is running rampant in the street and destroying people's lives. That should be something that the anger wells up in the heart of a Christian. I'm not talking about a carnal anger. Talking about the indignation of God. Watching his creatures being destroyed. Jesus is looking around and he sees multitudes. It says he was moved with compassion on them. The reason that the world is like this right now is because the gospel has been so pushed behind and people haven't heard the gospel message so clear anymore. And because of that, their conscience doesn't, there's no pangs of conscience like it used to be. And generally throughout our society, just morality is tanked so that it's almost culturally acceptable to continue on in wickedness with no thoughts for eternity. Jesus went around teaching and preaching the gospel everywhere. Church, we need to do that. We need to go out and look for the souls and find them. They're out sleeping on park benches. They're dealing drugs. They're on drugs. They're CEOs of companies. They're the barista at the coffee shop. They're the gas station attendant. They're the, the, the computer tech guy that does marketing. They're everywhere. We've got to find them. We've got to bring the gospel out to them. We have got to stop with this chaffy Christianity, having movie nights and all this other thing. And I'm not talking about Christian fellowship or whatever. We need to have Christian fellowship at times. And what that all looks like, I leave that between you and God. But I'm saying as far as outreach, if we think a movie night 
is, is, is reaching people with the gospel, we have got to look inside of the scripture again. We have got to get a burden inside of our souls. We have got to tell people about the hell that they're headed to. We have got to tell people about the repentance that is needed on their part. They have got to have a will to turn away from sin and then to cry out to God in faith that Jesus Christ will radically change them and save them so that they don't live this life of sin anymore. And I know there's so many people that say that that's not the, that's not the gospel. That's a gospel of works. You need to read your Bible one more time and stop just trying to fit everything in to the popular theology that's been overtaking Christianity in our culture for such a long time. Look inside of the Bible. This is not a sinning religion. This is a religion of deliverance to deliver the captives, to set them free. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. But Jesus looked around and he sees all these people ruined and wasted and busted from sin, scattered abroad, sheep having no shepherd. That's what put the impetus inside of God to send his only begotten son. That was the impetus in Christ as he's walking this earth and trying to speak to people the gospel of the kingdom because his heart was filled with compassion for lost people. We have to realize people are headed to a fiery and burning hell. If we do, I believe that you and I are going to pray. You and I are going to want to get Bible tracts and hand them out. You and I are going to want to go out onto the streets and talk with people. We're going to want to do something because we're, we're realizing people are going headlong to their destruction. And because of that, Jesus turns to his disciples and we hearkens back to John chapter four in the beginning, what we read, but he says, he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenty, but the laborers are few. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few because we've got people trying to do bouncy houses and all these multitudes of programs in the church, but we don't have anyone laboring over souls. We don't have people laboring over getting the gospel out to where they are. Instead, we're putting on a show. And quite frankly, dear listeners, the world can do a whole lot better of a job putting on a show than you and I can. God help us. Jesus' answer to this was, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. That's the answer. We're praying and we're saying, Lord, what's going on? Please help us. Send forth laborers into the harvest field. And we may be praying that and finding, Lord, I don't find anyone. Who are they? Where are they? Be patient. He asked us to pray this. Be patient. God will lead you to those people that have that heart. But you may find as you're praying this, Lord, send forth laborers into the harvest field. God may start to talk to you. And he may say to you, I want you to speak to your neighbor across the hall. I want, to speak, I want you to speak to your neighbor to, the, to your left or to your right. I want you to speak to your coworker. I want you to go knock on some doors in this neighborhood. I want you to pass out tracks on the street somewhere. I have no idea what he may call you to do, but it's going to be heralding the gospel in some way, shape, or form. And you may say, well, I'm not an evangelist. Yes, but you have a testimony if you've been saved. We're all called to be a witness. We may not all be called to be an evangelist, but we're all called to be a witness. We can all share the truth of Jesus Christ through our testimony. We can all pass out a tract. You don't need a special calling to do that. That is part of the Great Commission. And so I'm saying to you, as you are praying for laborers to enter in, God may often speak to you first. Are you willing to go out? Are you willing 
to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to bring this generation back to God and out of this communist satanic ideology that's overtaking our country. Dear listeners, I know this sounds heavy, but it is heavy. We're in a day where things are turned upside down and backwards. We are going fast into persecution and tribulation in this nation if the gospel does not change people's lives and hearts. We read that it's going to happen like that in the book of Revelation. We read that. But I don't believe that we should sit by and be fatalistic and say, well, we read it there, so we'll just sit by and let it happen. We're going to have to stand before God and give an account for what we've done for all this. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look around. The harvest fields are, are white and ready. He said, the laborers are few, but pray. So church, pray. And as you pray, if he talks to you, then obey, do what he says. Find somebody to help you and to go with you. I'd be happy to go with anybody who would want to go out and to share the gospel. So your next step is to call 570-362-7782. You can get in contact with me that way. Email me at gods.resistance at gmail.com. Visit godsresistance.com for more help there. You can find all sorts of different stuff that may help you along in your journey. But that's your next step. And tell your friends about this radio broadcast and our social media accounts. But above all, join the resistance. God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.